Even before the pandemic, hiring came with its own set of challenges and costs. Now, there are additional issues to consider. If you're looking to hire right now, you'll need to overcome the challenges of today's competitive labor market. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today, we'll talk about hiring best practices with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as senior counsel here at ADP. Merrill, as always, thanks for joining me. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me today. So let's start with this question here. Today's labor market is extremely competitive. How can employers successfully attract employees? Well, I think one of the first things you can do is to have a strong employer brand that relates to today's market. Um, Your brand, meaning how you describe what it's like to work for you, may have changed since before COVID. Maybe you used to promote collaboration, but now you focus on what your business is going to do to keep your employees safe and the fact that you value flexibility. So you'll want to be able to promote your evolving brand to represent the changing needs of the current workforce. Great. And what else are some of the common attributes of a strong employer brand? Well, competitive compensation is certainly historically a component, but if you're not able to offer the highest pay, you may be able to offer greater flexibility now. You may foster a culture of social responsibility. You may encourage creativity um, and also empower employees to be involved in decisions that impact their jobs. So whatever your business's unique traits are, you want to promote your brand using multiple platforms, um, and that would include social media, your company's website, job ads, and employee testimonials, and that way you can attract candidates that share your values and your culture. And then also, you want to make sure internally that your policies and your practices accurately reflect your brand. So you want to have consistency in what you're representing and also with what your employees are experiencing. So, for example, if flexibility is part of your brand, you want to make sure that your supervisors are able to facilitate your employees working flexible schedules. So, Meryl, uh, many employers are offering incentives to attract talent. Uh, Can you talk more about that, please? Sure. Yeah, we're hearing a lot now um, about employers offering incentives, and we're seeing employers offer sign-on bonuses, higher pay, and greater flexibility, of course, where possible. Um, So you'll want to make sure that your salary is competitive, and you can do that by reviewing salary surveys to compare your company's pay data with other businesses that are similar in size and industry and location. Um, And then we also all know that COVID has accelerated this push for flexibility. So depending on the type of role, today's applicants may expect or even demand work-from-home arrangements or a hybrid work schedule. And while not all jobs are necessarily conducive to remote work, there are different ways you can offer flexibility. So you may want to offer flex time, which would allow your employees to decide when they can come in and when they can leave as long as they're working the required number of hours each day and they're available during your established core hours. And then another thing we're seeing is um, employers putting together employee referral programs And you can implement that to incentivize your employees to help you recruit top talent. So an employee referral program would encourage your employees to recommend qualified candidates by offering bonuses or reward or recognition to the employee if the candidate is actually hired. Excellent, Merrill. What other factors should employers consider if they're having a really hard time recruiting employees in this current tough market that we're in? I think it's important for employers to look to make sure that their hiring criteria isn't overly limiting. 
if you're having difficulty filling a position, you may need to expand your search or reevaluate your criteria. So you should be looking at your educational requirements and see if they exceed what's actually needed for a role. Um, it may be difficult to fill the role and you may be overlooking otherwise qualified candidates who could succeed in the position if they had some on-the-job training, for example. Um, you also might limit your ability to hire a diverse workforce if your educational requirements unnecessarily exclude certain protected groups who tend to graduate at lower rates from college. Um, and also, I think it's important to resist the urge to focus solely on prestige, such as looking for experience from a big-name company or a degree from an Ivy League college exclusively. I mean, you really should be looking at the position and determine whether the candidate meets the job-related requirements for the job. So if we can, let's take a minute to talk about the job descriptions. Um, how should employers write job ads you know, to maximize responses from qualified candidates? Well, you'll want to make sure that you're posting job ads and job descriptions using inclusive language. So your messaging should encourage that all groups apply, right? So for example, you want to avoid keywords or phrases that would historically be associated with a particular gender. Um, you're also going to want to avoid language that could be construed to indicate a preference based on age or another protected characteristic. So, you're not going to want to say something like, this job would be ideal for recent college grads. Um, if the pay is lower, you can say the job is entry level, or you can just list the wage or the salary. Um, it's important not to assume that a worker wouldn't be interested in a job just based on their age or the salary that's offered. Um, you're also going to want to include an equal opportunity statement that demonstrates your commitment to diversity and inclusion. And then you'll also want to highlight your company's safety measures in your job postings, particularly in light of COVID. Um, potential candidates may continue to have concerns about coming to the workplace and what precautions your workplace is taking. So in recruiting materials, you'll want to consider highlighting the efforts that you're doing at your workplace to keep interviews safe for your candidates and also that the space is safe for employees when they come into the office. All right. So let's turn now to the interview process, uh, which may look a little different than it used to. So what are some of the best practices now? Well, if you're able to conduct in-person interviews, you want to make sure that you're following all the safety guidelines out there, and you're going to want to let your applicants know what you're doing to promote safety. You're going to want to make clear whether you have mask rules and social distancing rules that your company will follow and that they'll need to follow as well. Um, if you decide that you're doing interviews that are going to be by video as part of your hiring process, then you're going to want to let your candidates know what equipment they need, what systems they need, so that they have everything in place before the interview. And then you're also going to want to have a backup plan in case not all candidates have access to that necessary equipment. Um, and you want to keep in mind when you're figuring out how to conduct interviews all of the non-discrimination laws that may come into play. So if your hiring process would disproportionately limit a protected group from having the opportunity to be considered for a position, you want to think about whether there's another effective alternative means, like perhaps a phone conversation, um, that you could use to conduct the interview. Excellent. So, Meryl, what are some of the factors that employers should consider when they're actually making the selection, you know, when they're selecting a candidate? Well, most importantly, you want to make sure that your decision is rooted in job-related factors only. So you want to select the most qualified person considering the skills and experience that you've learned about through their resume, their application, interviews, and any feedback you may have from others who have spoken with the candidate. 
Um, and then importantly, you want to make sure after you do select the candidate, you want to follow up with the people you didn't select and send a rejection letter because that can help maintain goodwill and an open pipeline should your needs change and you want to tap into former candidates. Um, and also, a lot of times candidates may share what their experience was like when they were applying for a job with your company. So you want to be transparent because that can go a long way towards a successful hiring process. Um, also, make sure that you're holding on to all your hiring records that show why applicants were either hired or not selected. And you want to make sure that those records are factual, they're specific, and job-related. There are certain laws that require employers to hold on to hiring records for a certain amount of time, such as for a year following a hiring decision. So you want to make sure that you have good documentation and that it's being stored properly. Okay. So the hiring manager makes the decision. So what are some of the best practices when actually extending a job offer? Well, when you extend a job offer, typically we see um, employers making a verbal offer followed by a written one, and the written one would outline compensation. It would provide an overview of benefits and any other pertinent details about the employment relationship. Um, you also want to make clear in that offer letter that that letter is not considered a contract of employment and that the employee is going to be entering into an at-will employment relationship, and that means that either the employee or the employer can terminate the employment relationship at any time for any lawful reason. And then once you've extended your initial offer, your candidate might try to negotiate the terms, and if salary is non-negotiable, then maybe at that point you want to consider a one-time sign-on bonus or maybe offering additional pay time off, or maybe you want to highlight some of the other advantages and perks of working for your company to help convince them to accept the offer. And then you want to provide a reasonable amount of time for them to respond and keep in mind that they may need some more time if you're considering um, an assignment that's going to require relocation. You'll just want to make sure you're being considerate of whatever time the candidate needs to make an informed decision. Got it. So once the company makes a new hire, how can they successfully onboard them? I think it's important to start early and keep the lines of communication open and answer any questions your new, your new hire may have prior to their first day. Um, you'll also want to make sure the new hire's manager is prepared for their arrival because, as we know, managers play a huge role when it comes to an employee's productivity, their engagement, and their satisfaction. I'm sure you guys know the adage, employees don't leave companies, they leave managers. So managers need to help new hires understand their impact to the business. Um, they should explain how they're going to add value to the team, to the department, and the company, and give that new hire a sense of belonging and ownership in the business. Um, and I think it's important to keep in mind that onboarding is not going to end after the employee's first day or week, but you should continue to engage your new hires, have regular check-ins and feedback, and even consider surveying new hires to get their opinion of how your onboarding program has worked, and then you can adjust your process accordingly going forward. Um, I think the bottom line is you want to keep your new hires and all of your employees engaged because, as we know, gone are the days of employees staying with one company for their entire career. So if you can continually review and improve your overall culture and then you can attract and retain employees that fit in with your culture, that's probably the most important thing you can do to attack the battle for talent. Excellent, Meryl. Excellent ideas. We really appreciate your uh, sharing your thoughts and perspectives about hiring in today's very challenging job market. So I also want to thank all of you for listening to HRpreneur. Thanks again for joining us. Be well. Be well.